You've just downloaded or otherwise accessed a podcast of Cross Point Church and the teaching ministry presented through our weekly Sunday morning worship. Feel free to burn a copy of this file when you're finished and pass it along to a friend you think might also benefit from the teaching. We hope you enjoy the message today, and thanks again for taking the time to visit. If your parents have already gone on to be with the Lord and have died, you'll connect with this. If not, you'll experience this when that happens. But I find myself sometimes wondering, what would my mom or dad do in this same situation? How would they see the circumstances? Am I seeing them like they would see them? How would they respond to this same deal that I'm walking through? And they've been gone for years, but I wonder, I find myself wondering what their opinion would be about this, that, or the other, or uh, how they would analyze and what their response would be to the same thing, I'm walk, same place I'm walking through. In essence, I'm 62 years old, and I'm still their kid. I'm still processing, or trying to process, how would they see, what lens would they look at these same circumstances through? You never stop being somebody's child, is my point. We are, whether we're uh, a few days old, like Junior is over here, or whether we're an old codger like me, you never stop being somebody's child. And that influence never stops. It it is uh, ongoing for our entire lives. So this this teaching that we've been talking about here in in this series called Family Matters on disciplining and raising kids is is very pertinent because it's lifelong lessons that, that... these truths impart to us. I've shared this, this text with you. Let's look at it again. Ephesians 6, chapter 6, verses 1 to, 1 to 3. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with a promise, that it may go well with you and that you may enjoy a long life on the earth. Now, that idea of obedience and honor is where we're going to spend the bulk of our time today. But I want to begin by looking at the culture that this was written in and the time and the context it was written in. In, in Roman culture at that time, there was a phrase called patria postestas, which means the father's power. The father is all powerful. Uh, as such, uh, it wasn't unusual for a, a, a baby to, to be born and the father hold it up by its feet, and depending on, depending on how fast or slow the blood ran to its head, it'd be put to death. Would beat the, the head of the child against the, a stone to put it to death. It wasn't unusual as well for unwanted male children and unwanted female children to be taken to the uh, Roman Forum, and the males sold as slaves and the females sold into prostitution by their own fathers. Uh, the sickly and the deformed were often drowned at birth because they were seen as inferior. Now, contrast that truth with the present truth we have, where children are the center of the universe. They can do no wrong. And everything that gets done in our culture gets done faster and better if it's for the children. Those, those two places, I don't think either are God's plan or God's will. I know the first one's not. I don't believe the scripture teaches the latter one is either. I want you to turn, if you will, to Hebrews chapter 11 and stick a finger in Romans 6. These will be on the screen for you as well, but I want you to see the context of these texts today that we're talking about obedience and why obedience is such a valid and important thing for any child, especially whether a child or adult, to show to their parents. Hebrews 11:8 says, By faith, 
Abraham, when called to go to the place he would later receive as his inheritance, obeyed and went, even though he did not know where he was going. The first thing I want us to see is obedience should be immediate. That text teaches, it, teaches us that obedience should be an immediate thing. Abraham was called by God, immediately gets up and obeys. Doesn't say, you know, that's a great idea, God. I'm going to get right on that as soon as I can analyze the best way to, best avenue to pursue that, that trip, that journey. Or didn't hear him saying, you know, that's just not me. That's just not my gift set. It's not, my, it's not in my wheelhouse. Uh, let me stop and analyze that for a while. No, he immediately got up and obeyed the voice of God and, and moved his whole family, his whole entourage to a place that, as Scripture says, didn't even know where he was going. What that teaches, that principle teaches, is this idea of obedience at first request. And every parent should teach, should sow in obedience to their kids the very first time. If you, if you have to tell your kids six times to do something, guess what? Next time it's going to be seven. Time after that's going to be eight. Time after that's going to be nine. First request is what your kids need to learn to honor in your home and, and need to be obedient to that first request. Whether, as I said, whether they're a, a, a preschooler, in fact, that's where it needs to be sown in at, when they start to understand and get dialogue at several months old, nine months to a year old, they can start learning the first request and learning what no means, learning what come means. And so they can, they can get it a lot earlier than you think they can. But obedience should be immediate. Second thing is obedience should be complete. Turn to Romans chapter 6. And what you see from, from verses 16 and 17 here, these last two points. Romans chapter 6, verse 16 says, Don't you know that when, you're, when you offer yourselves to someone as obedient slaves, you are slaves to the one you obey, whether you are slaves to sin, which leads to death, or to obedience, which leads to righteousness. But thanks be to God that though you used to be slaves to sin, you have come to obey from your heart the pattern of teaching that has now claimed your allegiance. He parallels this idea of obedience with, with slavery. He uses slavery as a metaphor to talk about obedience. He symbolically ties those together here. In essence, he's saying this is, this is an all-in type deal. Obedience is an all-in type deal. You don't decide whether you're going to temporarily obey, whether you're going to partially obey. Obedience is an all-in proposition that he's teaching here. It's the parent's job to see that there's follow-through. That obedience is, as I said, at first request, and that it is complete, meaning that not only the job's finished, but the job is finished well. Demand that, that, that obedience be followed through with the way the job is, the task is completed, whatever it is, and not only that it's completed, but it's, it's completed well. It's, it's the child's job to earn and build trust with you, and your job to hold them accountable in that process to make sure obedience is complete. Thirdly, not only should obedience be immediate and complete, but obedience should be with a good attitude. It ought to be with a good attitude. Verse 17, we just read, it says, But thanks be to God that though you used to be slaves to sin, you have come to obey, watch this, from your heart, the pattern of teaching that has now claimed your allegiance. This idea of from your heart means that you're all in, that, that it's, it's not something that's negotiable with you. It's, it's my attitude is I, I'm, I seek to, to be obedient to my mom and dad initially and to the Lord. We'll talk about that more in just a second. But this idea of, of, of from our heart means not because we have to or, or because we're commanded to, but, but as we read in, in uh, Ephesians 6 just a moment ago, in the Lord, give your honor and obedience in the Lord as unto the Lord, he says here. So he's asking us to consider what Christ has done for us. And as we respond to Christ in obedience because of what he's done for us, we do the same thing with our parents. We, we see and, and envision what our parents have done for us and our obedience follows what our parents have done for us, the love 
that they have given us, and that love transfers from the parents to the Lord. Dr. James Dobson has said, the goal for obedience is to break your child's will without breaking their spirit. To break their will without breaking their spirit, meaning that they need to learn to die to themselves in what they want, but yet not break their spirit in the sense that they, they see them, themselves as a wet wash, wash rag the rest of their life being ordered around by whoever for whatever reason and they have no opinions or no, no drive, no ambition, no passion. You don't want to suck the passion out of your kids and the ambition and independence out of your kids, but you want to learn to break their will. Why? Because God can't use you or me until we learn to die to our own will. Don't miss that. That's a pivotal, pivotal issue for every believer. He can't use you or me until we're first willing to die to your will and my will. So that idea of transference that we talked about earlier, of teaching a kid not to, not to have their own will in their own way all the time, but to ha have enough drive and ambition to complete the task. What you're sowing in is the, the ability to listen and be obedient to the voice of God and to die to their own will when God asks them to do something that may be sometimes off the wall or nobody else is going to understand, but the sense of his word and his spirit have come together to teach me. That's the direction I need to walk. And I walk in obedience to that direction, whether anybody's with me or not, whether I'm alone or by myself or not. Why? Because I'm dying to what I want and, and living out and walking out what he wants for me. Obedience should be immediate. It should be complete and should be with a good attitude. Now let's talk about honor for just a moment. We, talk, we looked at that in Ephesians 6. Honor is something that occurs at any age. Obedience more, more usually occurs in childhood, but honor occurs at any age. And he marries these two together in Ephesians 6, 1 and 2. So four things I want us to see about honor today. And first is this, is that honor looks like respect. It looks like respect. The Latin word for parent is, more literally means, in place of God. So the parent takes the place of God at an early influential age in the life of that child. God has given parents both tremendous authority and responsibility. And life goes better for us we learn the value of respect. Hebrews 23, verse 24 says this, The father of godly children has cause for joy. What a pleasure to have children who are wise. Saying, once we learn, once a wise child learns to respect their kids, those kids to that father are a joy. Uh, it's, 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 it's an incredible value that needs to be sown into the life of kids so that as they grow into adulthood, they learn to respect their, not only their parents in, in childhood, but the teachers in their schools. They learn to respect authority. They, they learn to respect their boss. Again, here's that transference. They learn to expect, respect the authority and the voice of the Word of God and His Spirit to, speaking to us. It looks like respect. Secondly, honor not only looks like respect, honor looks like responsibility, meaning that we are doing things on our own without any prompting. Our parents or a, or a boss or anybody else having to prompt us, we are responsible enough to handle situations on our own. It goes back a little bit to this idea of first request. When we're asked to do something, given a task at work, given a task anywhere else, we follow that through on our own, or we see the need for it on our own without having to be asked for it. Uh, sometimes I walk through my house, and I'll see something there and I'll, that I'm looking for and walk right by it. I ask Leanne, where's such and such? It's right there next to you. I, sometimes I'm, I'm oblivious to the, to, to the obvious, and we can, we can learn to be that way sometimes on our own uh, without uh, or, or, or looking like without looking like responsible adults sometimes. I, sometimes I don't look very much like one. When uh, responsibility, I want you to see, though, grows out of accountability. 
We were accountable to our parents as kids. We were accountable to God as adults and to our parents as well to a great degree. But responsibility grows out of accountability. When we dishonor our parents with irresponsibility, we in turn are dishonoring God irresponsibly because he's put it in our lives as authority over us to influence and mentor and raise us. So honor looks like respect. It looks like responsibility. Thirdly, honor looks like affirmation, meaning you communicate with your parents. Uh, adult parents, even as, as you are adults, you include them, you seek their advice, you model what you've seen in them, in them that looks like the Lord and his word. You model those, those kind of things and walk those things out. Here's a hint. Affirmation and honor walked out effectively looks a lot like humility. Affirmation and honor walked out consistently and effectively looks a lot like humility. I'm going to tell you, humility is something this culture and our world needs a heavy, heavy, heavy dose of. We are so ingrained with, with the selfie generation is just rampant. We're, we're consumed with ourselves and our activities and what we want, what our dreams and goals and ambitions are. And we, we would do wise to, to exercise a great deal of humility in walking that out. And part of that is affirming the parents that we have and God, that God's given to us. The fourth thing is this. Not only does honor look like respect, responsibility, and affirmation, but it looks like provision. Honor looks like provision. Proverbs 23, 22 says this. Listen to your father who gave you life. Don't despise your mother when she is old. What's he saying? Saying that as you live and your life grows older, and there's, and we've just read that promise of long life in Ephesians 6. If you honor and obey your parents, the outgrowth of that is, is a long life. Uh, that's Romans 9, I mean, Psalm 90, verse 10 tells us that the expectation says, if a man lives three score and ten, he's blessed. If a man, in essence, lives 70 to 80 years, consider yourself blessed and having lived a long life. Well, how do we get there? We get there by honoring the parents that God has, has placed us to, uh, placed in our lives. As your parents live longer and grow older, your responsibilities as a child are going to, to increase. Uh, you, you, if you haven't seen that already, you, you will see that. But in the process of that, added responsibility is honor and never stops or should never stop. Your children will honor you the same way you honor your parents. Uh, in fact, honor never stops even after your parents have died. My, both my parents have gone. But the honor that I think I'm giving them is to think through the things that I just said a few moments ago. I wonder how they would handle the situation. I wonder what their wisdom would be in this moment for this, for this situation. That mental ascension to those truths and, and that interest is my honor for them. To, to wonder, I don't want to mess it up. I wonder how they would do this same deal because I want to, I want to see things through their lens uh, in, in this moment because I, I wish I had their physical presence to counsel, but I, I don't. I have their history, and that history is what I want to choose to try and honor. Uh, but that never stops regardless of how old your parents get or what their situation is. A couple of applications as we wrap up, and that's this. First is this. How you relate to your parents young or old, will impact every area of your life. How you relate to parents, young or old, will impact every area of your life. It, it impacts how you do marriage. It impacts your work ethic, how, work, how you see work and the value of it. It impacts other relationships around you. It impacts how much it takes for you to be happy, what, your, what happiness is defined, what contentment looks like. How you interact with your parents have everything and then some to do with those, those kinds of things in life. They impact every area of your life. In fact, that relationship is the most influential relationship you'll ever have on earth. 
that parent-child connection and relationship. That's influence that will outlive you, it will outlive your mom and dad and outlive you and be carried on generations after generations behind you. The last thing I want you to take away is this, is to let, the, let that, that relationship with your parents, let that influence others as they see your love for your Lord by the love you give to your mom and dad. That's a great witness to your love for Christ is your love for your mom and dad. And the more folks around you see that, not only will they understand your obedience, your honor, your respect for your parents, they'll understand as well that, that you're doing that because the Lord in his word has told you to do that. The, the God book it says, here's the way to go. Uh, obedience is a, can be sometimes a hard thing to grasp. It can be a hard thing to put in place. Especially for stronger-willed children. And if you have more than one child, you understand about strong-willed children. Because I'm like, if you have more than one, I guarantee you, you may have a strong-willed one just in one. But if you have more than one, you're going to have at least one strong-willed kid. That's, you'll, you'll probably have one that's, do this. Okay. Yes, sir. Do this. You know, if you have more than one kid, you're probably going to have those kind of responses. And so... How we handle those kind of situations as children in, in obedience and honor and as parents in, in demanding those kind of things because God's word tells us to do so. How we handle those things is a, a great, a, of great influence to the culture around us because I'm going to tell you, honor and respect and obedience are anemic in the culture we live in. Uh, we think it's because of a title or because of a position we hold. Yet, uh, the scripture tells us we earn that honor and respect by our obedience to Christ and our walk out with him. Consider with me as well as we about to, t to take together in the Lord's table that um, Jesus himself was obedient to his Father's will, prayed in the garden, Lord, if there's a plan B, I'm, I'm paraphrasing, Father, if there's a plan B, I sure would like to see it because I'm not real crazy about walking through this crucifixion uh, idea. But he nonetheless is obedient to the Father's plan even to his own death. The shedding of his own blood, the, the beating and lashing on, of his own back. Uh, that kind of picture of obedience is a great example to you and I as we live and honor and walk out the obedience to our parents that God's commanded us to, to, to have and to give. Uh, are, are we obedient enough to them that if it costs us our life, we're still going to walk through with obedience? That's, that's a hard question for some of us to answer. But that's, that's what Jesus did. He was obedient even to the death to, to follow what his father's will and his father's plan was. Uh, I pray that you and I find that kind of obedience and that kind of honor for mom and dad. Let's pray. Father, we today have seen these examples in your word of what honor and what obedience look like. You told us in Ephesians 6 that that walked out and lived out is the promise of a long life. And we live longer and the longer we live, the, more great, the greater the need is for honor, the greater the need is for respect, the greater the need is for obedience. Teach us this morning that those are lifelong principles, not just something that occurs as long as we're in mom and dad's house, but occurs as they live out, their adults and senior years, and even as they pass, that we honor their memory by the truths that they've sown into us and the values of, of Scripture that they've sown into us. Teach us today to be mindful of those things, to learn the power of obedience and honor, what a loud, loud witness those kind of things are in the culture that we live in. And the kids we raise to, to, to be obedient and to honor are going to stick out 
in this culture. They're going to have lives that make, in, make an impact and have influence on others. So show us the value of staying at it with them and walking through the hard places to teach them the value of obedience, the value of honor. And as we live and walk that out, would you get the glory out of our lives? Now, as we about to share together in the, in the Lord's table, would you bless this time together as well? We would see you in an exalted place. We would be drawn to you and drawn to your love for us as we remember your shed blood for us and your broken body. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks again for listening to today's message from Cross Point Church, helping people navigate the journey toward an authentic, biblical, and contagious walk with Christ.